0: You're listening to Supernatural The Crossroads Crossroads 003 On Rain Man Digital
1: Mm. O M Me Hello my children Fuck you Chuck (laughs) Yeah he's a pussy now I'm with you guys Fuck that guy. Is this John? John died. Who is this? I- I'm his son. Adam was our brother. He died like a hunter. He deserves to go out like a... Maybe we can bring him back. Get all the cast, call a favor. These
2: angels tell me that I'm chosen. Michael, I'm his sword or vessel. Hey, ask butt. Our <laughs> brothers. God is doing
1: this to us. God was supposed to be gone. What if I'm seeing Chuck's endings? I Eileen, mean, we can bring you back. Espiritu
0: es incarnatum est.
1: Chuck is weak. I think we can meet him. I can see it now. Supernatural, the end.
0: It's God, Sam. How the hell are we supposed to fight God?
3: Yeah. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen.
2: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. And today we are talking about season 15, episode 8 Our Father Who Aren't in Heaven. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me is Ryan Denton. Yo. And Michael Flores. Hello, hello. Let's get this show started. Let's Please. go, right? Mid season finale. Up this energy. Let's do some cocaine. Off a hooker's ass. Off of Eileen's
3: right? ass. Sure. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a, listen, she's fair game now. She's part of the show, right? That's fair. We've we've tried to fuck everybody else. Yeah, I'll pass. Right? Going I'm a, I'm gonna let that be. You guys,
0: you guys can have her. So does that
2: mean you get Sam?
0: I, yeah, somebody has to fill the other yeah, half of this slip out. I, Why I'll,
2: are you gonna pass?
0: <laughs> that's a, a no go for me.
2: Are you a deafist? I, yes, I'm a deafist. Is that what? The, it, can we can we make that a thing? She wants to hear him yell "fuck." You. He yeah. wants her to be able to hear him yell "fuck yeah." Yeah,
3: I wanted to hear "oh fuck yeah." <laughs> I, I, you know what? She probably thanks God every day <laughs> that she can't hear that. Hear that? Hey,
2: that makes girls wet, bro.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So the group of monsters that is this show. Has got to talk about the mid-season finale. We've got the final mid-season finale to talk about. Sam, Dean, Castiel have successfully recruited Michael to some extent, not 100% certain as to where he falls on the chessboard to Team Winchester. Uh, they've got Rowena, Queen of Hell now, in their in their pocket, essentially. It seems like... We're slowly building up a, a new team, Free Will, which I think is the third iteration of this because it went so well for the last two groups.
3: Yeah, Team Free Will didn't really mean Free Will, did it? No, it was no, just a, was just a really. team
2: with some will. There was a guy named Will in it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit of a, a setup episode, but it did feel a little bit slower than most mid-season finales. But I'm not 100 percent certain as to where that problem lies and we'll discuss that here because there were some inconsistencies throughout this episode things that were stated during this season even that were then suddenly forgotten about or removed entirely and for the sake of just having other things happen which from a scripting standpoint is where I think we're all kind of taking a little bit of a point off or two and we'll discuss that at large but we did have some movement forward with our characters as to where they are, what they're going to be trying to do for the remainder of the season, where they are emotionally and, and their conflict between one another, primarily Dean and Castiel right. with Rowena acting as a sort of, you know, couples counselor to try and get them to work through their problems. And
3: if she was a couples counselor, she uh, would
2: just say, she, let's all have sex. She wouldn't have would the relationship at I don't all. Know. I think that would help. I'd be, she'd be what, like, what if we had a threesome? That'll help. Right. And then I, she'd be very successful. I think a threesome would have helped
0: my relationship. Really? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but at least I would have got to bang someone else just like my ex-wife did.
3: Oh my God. It might've been a guy in that scenario. Then so are, oh. you, are you saying you would like to have been invited into that scenario? Then,
2: no, absolutely. Oh, not. Okay. No. Think that one through next time. <laughs> no, I'm...
3: that was the darkest thing I've ever heard Ryan yeah, say. That... Those Ryan's types of lies dev- are usually
2: I... come from me. Either <laughs> you or like me on a bad day. Ryan's usually the peppier one. I'm not peppy tonight, guys.
0: I, we can uh, tell. I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna be Thomas, and Thomas can be me tonight. That's not
2: fair. Yeah. I don't have nearly as many dick jokes in my repertoire. And you need, to, and you need to learn the word repertoire. I don't even know what that means, dude. <laughs> what does repertoire mean? Is that like... Repertoire? Repertoire? Is that like... <laughs> yes, it's sure. It's, like it's Reptar? Whatever, Is it's that like, like reptar? reptar. It's Reptar's French cousin. Whatever Got you it. want to think of. Got it.
0: Got it. Okay, it makes sense.
2: No, Rowena acting as a couples counselor for Dean and Castiel, which we knew they'd have to get over that at some point. They have to confront that at some point. And they kind of set that up. With the mid-season premiere or however yeah. that unfolds. Uh, we also have a bit of a bro moment between Sam and Dean where Dean giving Sam essentially the the encouragement to live his best life. The, mm-hmm. the idea that, dude, go for it. Be happy because it didn't work for me. And there was a lot of reasons as to why that didn't work way back in season six. And so now he's saying, you know, go get your leg over on Eileen. If you two want to fuck in the back room... Yeah. You know, just make bacon later. That's good we'll brotherly good. advice, right? See, I,
0: I think I feel, so. I mean, that's good brotherly advice. But I think the thing that really chaps my ass is that D- Sam's probably going to end up fucking Eileen, and <laughs> and uh, that bothers? it bothers me because Dean never got to fuck Joe, and it's uh-huh. the same situation.
2: It's just Joe's hotter. There's no quid pro quo. Yeah, on the
3: yeah, fucking your Yeah, but home. there was a reason why Dean never fucked. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, the writers are dumb. No, well, no, it, there's a it, character yeah, it, eye it, element it, to it, it, it. I know it did a lot for Dean as a character during season two. It I made a lot of sense. You hit it. No, don't get me wrong. The, the douche in me is like, yeah, he should have, <laughs> and every other hot chick he's ever encountered. But, uh, but that's not going to happen. Yeah,
0: it's not ever going to happen. Yeah.
3: No. like I said, the Eileen thing is probably going to go someplace. It has to, otherwise, why is it here? So, right, because, it needs to serve a purpose. Yeah, because I don't honestly, I don't really like him in a relationship it just feels a little off but if Mm -hmm. it goes someplace and it's to serve the greater purpose of this show right of this final season then I'm 100% on board
2: so and it comes down to everything that we say here so long as it works so long as it's well done yeah you can do pretty much anything right if we agree you can make Chuck a villain so long as you have consent you can do whatever you want you
3: can literally do whatever you want you can make Chuck a villain you could yeah maybe you should work on that you can uh, undermine free will you can undermine the entire series. You could undermine something in this episode. Within the same episode. Within the same episode.
2: <laughs> you could do a lot of things. You could catfish somebody. Like Chuck did to Eileen. Which felt extra unnecessary. To me personally. <laughs> I think what was
3: what was strange about it for me was only because we all knew that you're dealing with the mid-season finale, mm-hmm. and you're like, listen, the, this, this like the we already we knew what was going to happen. Like this is something dealing with. I pretty much figured it was Chuck. It was yeah. Chuck doing something. Yeah. Especially after Donatello's little warning there or the the Bluetooth version of Donatello. Mm -hmm. I figured something was going to be going on here. Because why would they give Eileen this odd subplot out of nowhere? Hey, I'm a character that's never
2: before been established, named, or even mentioned. Do you remember me? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Right. All right.
3: And also the fact that Eileen isn't a main character. Mm -hmm. Why would you give her a major subplot in the mid-season finale?
2: Unless it plays into... right. The main myth arc. Yeah. It had to. So,
3: I mean, she got catfished. Ryan,
0: does that feel to get catfished? Oh, it's it's amazing, man. It's a great feeling. I love showing up to, you know, a, and, the, the and then pers- paying their, their yeah. meal. Yeah. The person looks completely different or is completely different or
3: isn't the same person.
0: He's it's, it's, it's even <laughs> the same person. Yeah. You could have had a good time. You never know.
3: <laughs> if it was Thomas, he would have went for it. He's like, I got catfish, but it's okay.
2: That's a rain man discussion. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's not a that's All not right. A so we got theory. we got a lot to talk about this episode. So let's just jump right into it. Let's just it. dive
0: right onto let's this. Let's just big go in vagina. deep and
2: raw. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis please?
0: Sure, can. Sam and Dean uh, and Cassiel continue to search for a way to defeat Chuck, leads them to an unexpected place and toward unlikely allies.
2: Now, this one was directed once again by Richard Spate Jr. and we've got Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner mm-hmm. at the writing helm. And the first thing that they throw at us is is something that dab is kind of known for i'd say at this point and that's a massive loophole retcon in order to make something work that just barely works yeah and that's in this case
3: barely making it under that that limbo line when that was that game they play limbo limbo yeah limbo barely making it under that (laughs) barely what's that game
0: that that game that they, they play limbo what's that limbo game called limbo Oh, it's limbo.
2: Listen, I don't go to dumb parties and play that silly-ass game. You you don't go to white people's versions of no. luau's. No, What are you talking about, dude? Ryan 100% plays that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've limboed one time in my life, dude, and it was the worst time of my life. I could never
2: do I'd herniate every disc in my back.
0: So That's probably accurate.
2: Yeah. Well, when you're also fat, it doesn't help.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. He's already so, got at least a couple herniated discs back there. Well, last carrying episode- Carrying all the he, weight around. Last episode, he compared himself to Sergey, so- that's true. He did. Yeah. I did,
2: didn't I? You did. Fuck. That was just the last episode. <laughs> uh, yet. No, I think it's German. First of all, but anyways,
0: <laughs> <I know. laughs> no. Yet, yet is no. in Are you sure? Russian? Yes. All right. Nine is. Oh, yeah, no yeah. In- Oh, you're oh, right. You're right. At, you're right. See, you know what? he He's is being you mean. You guys today.
2: did switch spots. Fuck. Dick. Fuck.
0: Yeah,
3: so I, I needed there, a you go, dick, 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 dick yeah, reference. Was, yeah. Exactly. Everyone Cox. got. Everyone got audibly uh, catfished. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So the demon tablet has been brought back into the show. It has been thrown right back at our face, Mm. Frisbee style, to give us a interesting new concept that perhaps Chuck, a.k.a. God, is not quite as untouchable as we once were led to believe by everything in the universe. So the logic behind this idea can work. It's a sound If then statement, but it's a little bit of a mess on how we got there, which, as I said, seems to kind of be how Andrew Dabbs show has done some things. It's not that these ideas can't work. It's just how we get there is a little bit of overly complicated or muddied.
3: That's a good way of putting it. When they state. Whatever they're about to do or Mm -hmm. the excuse, you're like, oh, that makes sense but you're also asking us to take a giant leap Mm -hmm. and hopefully we don't fall and hit every branch on the way down.
2: And we've hit a couple branches over the years. I
3: think that's the biggest problem with dab is dab. I don't, I think he's too big for his shoes. Like he,
2: he, he (laughs) has a
0: size 12, but bought a size 10.
3: What's the wording? Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm dialing it in. Like britches. Yeah. Too big for his britches. Look, you are Thomas tonight. Amazing. I was about to make a fat joke. <laughs> Amazing. What is going on tonight? I, I have no idea. I'm the same stupid asshole, but um, <laughs> no, I, I think he's, I I think he feels like he wants to do something epic and he's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm like, well, Dab, I don't know. I don't think you can make that jump, buddy. Like, that's like 10 feet and you could maybe. I can make it. You can maybe jump a foot
2: on a good day if you fell. Because. Dab sees a target and I don't think he realizes. It's th- grandiose ideas. Yes. It's, it's I'm going to shoot for the moon and everyone else is like, you're not going to make it.
3: Dab thinks he's better than me. No, uh, he is Dab. Hold on. He talking to himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he probably does.
3: <laughs> you fucking fast. I fucking oh. hate you.
0: Oh, man. You are so buff. Look at you. Oh, God. My
3: own with enemies. Yeah. Uh, uh, I fucking hate you. Yeah, I hate you and God's not understanding. Fuck it. To be
2: no, but the, I understand what you're trying to articulate you're in trying one to way articulate. or another. You just is made that, me sound like a real asshole. You're welcome. <laughs> so the idea is being let's do something that's far outside of the scope of time, resources, or logic yeah. to some degree. And it's not that it couldn't work there. It's just that how we got there or the time in which we put yeah. to getting somewhere. Had this been something we've been working on? That's the thing. Is It's as if Kripke hadn't put in the, the groundwork and hadn't built on seasons one to two to three to four to five. It's just this is all going to happen in this episode right now. And it's one of the problems that Dab's run has is that there aren't brickwork. There isn't any brickwork laid beforehand. It's just we're going to build a house right here and you haven't set a foundation. And so often at times it, it collapses or is a little bit shaky because the idea that follows, that, that Dean basically details to us, is that the very existence of the tablet suggests that there is a situation in God's mind in which he would not be around and whether or not that we, and we can take that a couple of different ways. The idea that he is not infallible because he wrote this in a way to protect humans. Now, originally we had all thought that God cared about everyone, people, us in general, and therefore it was a way to keep humanity safe Whenever he was gone, or if he had decided to be hands off as he had been for the yeah. last fucking forever,
3: yeah, and that was the original. It, way was, it, it was original framed.
2: tools on how to survive. Hey, when I'm gone, or if I'm just gone and you know hit snooze too long, and you know, a centuries goes by, and demons try to butt fuck the place. Oh. Wow, here's what you can do. It's like a note that your parents left. Hey, there's a lasagna in the freezer. Take it out. Put it in the oven for an hour. Set it to three fifty. That's what the fucking <laughs> demon tablet essentially is but the thing that we're doing with it now now that we've changed kripke's original version of god and what that character was meant to be we're switching it to where this might be a backdoor secret exposition that he has a weakness i mean normally
0: butt fucking and backdoor go together so that makes sense right yeah that's how it should
2: i mean what Wait, what? Yeah. The idea that And if, Ryan's back to his old self. Did you guys switch again? Yes. Yeah, we're just so switching bodies. If you if he left this for humanity in case he was gone or indisposed, then that by that logic alone, the fact that he left a note in yeah. case means there's something that could result in that in case. And I'll be honest, that took a little bit to try and follow. That logic yeah. while watching the episode, it took a couple pauses, throw on subtitles, back that up a minute, because it's one of those, by the very nature of the tablet existing and saying, hey, if everything went to shit, that means that there's a possibility for things to go to shit. If if God was always infallible and never had to worry about that, there'd be no need to write this statement in the first right. place. And
3: that's why... And that it, took me a minute. And that's why this idea does seem like it could work but again going back to what i said it's one of those dab things where okay you're gonna not retcon but you're gonna restructure rework, canon. you're gonna restructure rework canon and you're yes you're gonna bend it to make it fit your story and that's fine it can work but let's make sure it would make sense within the context of the season, because one thing Dab does is he will do one of these maneuvers. And for that episode, it works. And then three or four episodes later, it's like, well, do you remember you did that Mm -hmm. earlier? So if this is their way to let Sam and Dean know that God is defeatable, that he does have a weakness or an Achilles heel, as Sam had stated, then it works just fine. But let's stick with it. Let's flesh it out a little bit more. And, and go with it, but make sure you stay within the confines now of yeah. your new restated canon. If you change you, you it can't again, just
2: change it every two. You can't days. bend it every
3: time you want. Like sometimes it just goes left and it has to stay left. OK, yeah, no matter yeah, what you yeah. do.
0: Or sometimes it's just always
3: left. And it just
0: kind of curves that way.
3: Well, sometimes if you use the other side, the other hand, it will automatically bend oh, the other you, way. Oh, you're, you're bending it? Yeah. High. You can
0: bend I don't it. I do What do you, right. like you like? A, a dick bender from it's like Avatar? It's like, Remember like Gumby. Remember the old Gumby's? Oh,
3: my God. <laughs> Gumby. I, I just think Dab needs to choose what he's going to do and stick with it and, and use it for the long haul. Like if this tablet was simply used, which I don't think it is, do you think they're done with the tablet? Or do you think there's going to be more to it? Because that's where I have a problem with it you have this convoluted restating of canon right to simply what tell us that god's yeah. able to, that god is able to be defeated and then what well, the tablet is <laughs> now stashed we never see it again it feels like a lot of convoluted a writing a lot of work it feels like a lot of convoluted writing or work some call it work to get to this moment so they can just say yeah god can be defeated
2: guys well well, that's the thing is like so then we have donatello show up once again right and he's translating it and he says oh here's metatron's previously never before mentioned annotated notes right fair enough i can't read this the prophet's script i'll give you that one but like you said it's a lot of convoluted writing to get us to a point where if all the note said was Metatron saying, seems like he's up to something. Right. Wonder what that's about. There had to be another way, a la a character, perhaps an angelic one who had existed from the beginning of time, who might have been his most profound confidant, who might have had no reason to go against God. Therefore, God would theoretically in his prideful moments tell him something that you could then twist against him. Yeah, I mean, especially or you can have previously never mentioned text on a previously unseen script. Yeah. Tell you that there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot
3: of waste of time. And I think that's the biggest thing. Number one, like, for example, Michael would know everything, right? Right. Michael would know that God has a weakness, right? Well, then the episode should have been just Michael, the Adam and Michael scenario. They could have used Donatello still and said, hey, Donatello, we need uh, so-and-so useless demon number, what was that guy's name uh, that Jack played? Belphegor. Belphegor mentioned that the cage was
2: busted open. And I need you to find.
3: I need you to see if you can find some godlike magic happening in the world, just like they did in this episode. Boom, they find him. Now we have more time to caress Yeah, I'm going to say caress, Mm. caress that moment a bit more and make it work a little bit better. Build up that that emotion a little bit more, spend more because I'll tell you right now, Adam uh, slash Michael was was the greatest part about this episode. And we weren't given enough of it. Oh, 100 percent. Hands down. He was the best part. If they would have spent more time there, they cut the Rowena stuff. They cut the tablet scene. We would have had another 15, 20 minutes. You didn't need the tablet to tell you that God had a weakness. You didn't need to go to hell to tell you that Michael's on the loose. We already knew Michael was on the loose from the mm-hmm. very first episode. Yeah. There's a lot of time wasting in this in this script, and none of it needed to happen. We already knew a lot of these things. They're simply restating things, and as we move along from episode – I want to say episode four until now, it feels like they're restating things over and over and over yeah. in different
2: ways. Which we've already known. And
3: I'm like, bro, like Just you're, you're acting like you're trying to slow build to a major story and we have 20 episodes to go and you need to waste some time. Dude, we have like, this is the end of the we road. Have Twelve. This is the end of the road. Why are you restating and reframing things that we've already heard you guys say and let our characters suddenly figure things out oh wait a second michael's not in hell motherfucker you knew that from the first episode episode
2: one you dumb shit yeah so there's just a lot i love of- sam and dean but for pulling that you're a dumb shit well
3: it's not their fault it's the writing
2: <laughs> i'm talking to them <laughs> they're not real i'm talking to them you dumb shit eugenie ross lemming and yeah. brad Buckner. whoever's the writer becomes their brain for that episode and you gotta be kidding <laughs> me Great, i like it true it's true yeah So, yeah, and the whole Donatello thing could have still
3: kept it in there. Would Well,
2: could have still kept it in there because the main point of Donatello being there, ultimately, is that he's Chuck's secret wiretap, essentially, his Bluetooth, as he called it, that through the profit, he's able to speak with them, interact with them, see and hear and understand all the things that they're going through. But this did bring up some questions as well because is this the only time now that Chuck has become privy to what Sam and Dean are doing was when Donatello was physically in the bunker. Does he actually like, you know, a FaceTime able to see what Donatello is doing? Because from what we had seen before, we're told that Chuck could no longer see Sam and Dean. So whether or not this was more, we we kind of assumed this was more of a literal, he can't, be omnipotent about everything they're doing he can't know everything he can't control or or foresee how they will make decisions based on what he does not so much a metaphorical I can't like a writer talking about his music I can't see the story where it's going right. it was more of a he literally well I guess a mix but he can't tell that was the only way that up until this point we had logic behind us of why wouldn't chuck just fly in and smite everyone well theoretically he doesn't know where they are or who he can't see them on top of the fact that he doesn't want to you know right. cat kills yeah. the mouse
3: so you had that question as well right like chuck couldn't see them right so, I'm like, is so he privy to their plan only because they brought donatello in there and he can see and speak through him
2: do you think that's how suddenly now he's aware of their plan? Maybe, but the problem, and it's a problem, when you have an omnipotent, omniscient character as your villain. Why isn't he just s- snap into the bunker and kill and everyone? annihilate everybody in a half second? You know? even there's got to be a reason he just, why
0: he could just snap wherever he is and kill
2: everyone? Well, and the, yeah. and the part of it is that he doesn't want to kill his best Story. entertainment. But at yes. that point, as we saw with what he did with Jack and what Michael did in this episode, just make them forget the last season events, unless the equalizer really did take him down a peg to where he can't do all the stuff he would have otherwise done. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And if that's the case, then we kind of need to build up to this stuff. We need to have some explanation as to what his limitations are. We know he's trapped on this realm, and that's about as far as we've gone with it. And with Donatello, that is a massive problem, if their profit is also just a, a window into their secret plans. But at the same time, in traditional, well, maybe not a Winchester, but definitely Crowley fashion, they could use this as a chess move and play it against him.
3: Yeah. If Chuck is using Donatello to see them. Right. Then
2: what do you do with that? I, Misdirection.
3: It might be a smart maneuver, you know, to use Donatello later in the season as a way to, yeah, to mis, to mislead Chuck. Tell Tell him. The wrong plan.
2: Well, I said before, as we were from this season's premiere, that the fact that Sam and Chuck are connected and he can kind of see into Chuck's notebook and what he's writing out and what ideas he's coming up with, that might be their only play is that if they know what he's going to do, then his all powerful, all knowing abilities don't really matter as much because they can play against that directly one-to-one. So if Donatello is going to be this viewfinder into what they're doing, logic would state, then let's use that against him because he's so arrogant and, and cocky that we can make him buy into this, frankly. So that could work. Yeah. We need to see what they do with the rest of the season, but ultimately that set up the idea that they need to go after Michael slash Adam and get them Mm -hmm. back into Team Winchester or at least get them to help them in some extent. Now, this is something that we as fans have been talking about for a very, very long time. The return of Adam, our version of Michael needs to be addressed in some way. He can't just be sitting in the cage, you know, thumb up ass for eternity that had to Mm -hmm. end in some way. I mean, that sounds like a
0: good time, actually. I mean, yeah, just just knuckle deep you know, in the cage, just just sitting there? Just finger banging out. Just, just finger banging yourself?
3: <laughs> thumb, mean, thumb banging. Thumb banging.
0: Thumb banging. Yeah. Wait, well, what's the difference? It's still a finger. No, it's a thumb. No, it's a thumb. It's a finger. How many fingers do you have on 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 in total? Technically four. You have ten. On
2: a hand. Ten. Ask any scientist a thumb's different. A joint. That's why it's opposable. It's a whole thing. This isn't biology one one. We're not here to talk about monkeys and stuff. We're not? Oh. So We had been told we had been told at this point that Michael had been deranged, crazy, lost his mind and was just sitting in the hell, you know, in his own piss playing with himself. That's what we were told. But I did like that idea that Dean said, well, the ones who told us that was Lucifer and Chuck, both renowned for their truth telling abilities and honesty. Fair enough. That immediately I, had me go from okay, how is this going to play out if he's insane to oh shit that's actually not a bad idea. I actually like this a lot and one of the things that I, I am a very big
0: anti-Adam person but I I clearly think that he was the best part of this episode and I think it was very cool that they gave us kind of a swerve and not made him completely psychotic or completely deranged or an but, asshole. Or an asshole. Yeah, but he could was, be that one. He was played the more righteous like he had a
3: good head on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And he, he sent. He actually he sp- was understanding. He was empathetic. Yeah.
0: He spent an eternity in the cage, yeah. and he didn't lose his mind. He he gained his mind. Yeah, and I think that's a good twist for us because I fully expected they just to bring him back
2: and him be a jerk.
3: You know? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people. Well, expected. I think
2: after season fourteen, though, that would have been boring. Honestly, with Apocalypse Michael being the world's biggest dickhead,
3: to have another dickhead to have show another up like
2: dickhead that. would have been. A, a bit of a pisser, especially when Chuck is the villain right now. And we also have a dickhead
3: running the show, too. So, I right. Mean, yeah, so, it it
2: well, he's more you, of a man. cock.
0: I know what you're talking about. I, 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 I haven't seen my dickhead since. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <Forever.
3: Jesus> <laughs> well, that's all he actually does see, maybe sometimes. I doubt um, it, dude. Game. He can't see it over in, his belly. In the morning. In the morning. Oh, right. You, you, know, you can see your abs sometimes in the morning when you wake up. Sure. A lot better. <laughs> sure. Okay. Golly, guess not.
0: <laughs> Thomas is like, what's an ab? <laughs> yeah
3: abbreviated like he, version of like how Abacus.
0: he
2: reverses the heat. He just like he, <laughs> Dude, that's how you do it. Yeah, so he's got to reverse it. <laughs> I I think it was a smart move not to play into what we would have expected from Michael at this point. Um, the question comes up though: Why would Chuck lie about that? Well, I I think that kind of plays into what we could have done, Mike, as you said earlier, if we had just gone straight to Michael. Rather than bother with the tablet to get to a different point to then just get to Michael for him to tell us. If we had just gone straight there, he could have easily said, oh, yeah, this is what Chuck's up to because I'm the dutiful son and he's always told me the truth because I'm obviously trustworthy. Why would he not help Michael out previously?
3: Yeah, especially if you think, I mean, it makes perfect sense. They could have bypassed so much nonsense because, I mean, it just – it. It almost writes itself, which is bizarre that Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner didn't see it mm-hmm. like Chuck lies. It's very simple why he lies. He lies because Michael knows the could, truth, knows everything except for the fact that he's a, a just a, a writer, dirty, that, dirty, that plays games with everyone. Mm-hmm. But knowing that Sam and Dean know that the jig he knowing that Sam and Dean knows what's up now, the jig is up for Chuck. And if they get a hold of Michael, guess what? They're going to tell him. And now How he has just added to his
2: list of enemies. Yeah. So all of that makes sense. I mean... Well, even... that That's a pretty good setup. And even yeah. this helps Season 14's Apocalypse, Michael. Because in in one of the best episodes of Season 14, Nihilism, he says, I'm going to kill God because he's a prick like that and I've had it up to here with him. And at that time, we're like, dude, that's a lofty goal. You're an idiot. Yeah. But with this... It strengthens that Michael actually knows the possible weakness that Chuck has and apocalypse. Michael has all the reason in the world to hate him and know that it makes sense. It makes sense. Now suddenly his vengeance in season 14 is all the more believable. It brings more weight. It carries more weight. Exactly. So that was something that I appreciated because I'm like, okay, this helps previous elements that don't feel just like thrown away statements Unfortunately, there are a few previous elements that feel like thrown away statements, i.e., while I do, I, I th- say right now, Adam and Michael was the highlight of the episode to me. Without a doubt. I thought the acting was phenomenal Jake by Abel Jake Abel. It. He did yeah. a great job of playing the two different personalities. In the very beginning, even when his voice is just different, I was like, this well, his is
3: facial his facial uh, expression, his facial expression, his
2: his posture, his mannerisms, everything about it is distinctly two different people. And I liked that a lot. I
0: I agree. That was one of the things that I was going to mention is that him switching back and forth between characters. And that's one of the things I think we see a lot on, on CW in general is, you know, even in the arrow and flash shows, we have a lot of characters who play multiple versions of themselves and being a completely different character more than once watching him switch immediately in between characters was really well done and typically like that's really hard to do Mm -hmm. and to make it look believable
2: and just immediate
0: yes and i thought he did a really really great job and i was actually really surprised at his portrayal of michael as being less of a cock than what we remember michael
2: actually felt like what an angel is supposed to be like he's borderline protective of Adam and he's somebody who he talks to and they have this well, prison supposed to rehabilitate, right? Well, yeah, you know, I maybe mean, once you get asked prison once, prison wives, I mean, you're rehabilitated. That's they do. Sure. He is inside him. Oh, oh like, yeah. yeah. For almost an eternity. Well, and that yeah, well,
3: I really liked it because I felt like it made a lot of sense. I, I know you and I had discussed this mm-hmm. like earlier today on the phone. We were going back and forth about whether or not it worked or if it didn't work. And right. I and mean, when you think about it, I mean, the relationship between Adam and Michael, what other direction could have gone? Now, with Lucifer, I can see Lucifer never giving in, right? Or right. or giving even a little because he's just an asshole. But they ended up bonding over the years, and that makes sense. Again, being in hell for essentially over a millennia,
2: in hell years. so 120 the, months is what it was. Which translates to, from what they've said before in season four, 1,200 years. Yes. So
3: 1,200 years with the same person, you're either going to hate each other or you're going to become best friends. Or both. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And maybe that is their relationship. Maybe they can't stand each other, but look how they chose to stay with each other.
2: I liked that. I did. I liked it it.
3: a lot. It says a lot about them as a character. Like it's almost like they are one now because that's how they've been for 1200 years because Adam even said what do you think you're going to be doing now so he could leave what do you Mm -hmm. think you're going to be doing now and he's he's just going to stay here because I'm lost
2: I got nowhere else to go I'm lost and they both say family sucks I loved that bit yeah
3: and they only have each other I mean that's in five minutes they made us care about those two characters that is good
2: that That is a good job I, I will say I had a little bit of an issue with like they didn't, because for me, I'm thinking, oh, fuck, 1,200 years. But in the show, they're just like, yeah, it's 10 years. I'm like, I don't know. If I'd be that normal after a millennia for a burger and pizza. But it it worked. I think Jake Abel did a fantastic job. Would
3: you want him to come out like, like I don't know, man, just deranged? Maybe. And, I mean, it would make, if, at if least it was in complete, regards to Sam and Dean. If, if it was in complete isolation and he was by themselves, if he was by himself, either Michael or Adam, then he, I I would want them to see. Mm-hmm. I would want to see a little bit of craziness, but they did have each other. And that's all you need. I wouldn't have bought it either if mm-hmm. they didn't have a strong bond. They obviously like each other and they obviously have respect for each other. I mean, look how Adam is the one who was trying to convince Michael, the person you could never convince. The guy was stubborn. That he is was, true. He was a
2: dutiful angel. The the favorite son... Could never undo his thought process. And
3: look at Adam actually having a conversation with him. And Michael was entertaining the conversation. He was listening. I think it works.
2: I I think the Adam and Michael stuff works very well. I think I had a harder time with Adam and Dean and Sam. Honestly. With that, that... What do you mean? I felt that... I completely believe Michael and Adam would have gotten along over 1200 years. I believe that they would have grown to be friends because what else are you going to do? Right. But the idea that you would just kind of not be like, Oh, it's cool guys. Don't worry about it to Sam and Dean after what they did. Now, admittedly, they're not like vindicious dickheads, but I felt like he went to bat for them pretty strongly when he had no real reason to, but I I don't want to. Okay. Well, I'll rebuttal that. Okay. 1,200 years is a long time. You think he's over it?
3: (laughs) 1,200 years. Put that into perspective, Thomas. 1,200 years. Think he's over it. Yeah, maybe. I feel like that's the high road. That's a person with a level head saying, you know what? Sam and Dean weren't evil. I know this for a fact. They aren't bad people. I got the shit end of this deal, but the two of them aren't bad. So his his decisions I'm okay with because it just shows someone who's not vindictive. And we've we've been there, done that. How many times have well, we seen characters that are out for revenge? Yeah.
2: And maybe that's kind of what we need. And maybe that's important to have right now. Because if heaven is literally hanging on by the last frayed string, holding a 500-pound hippo above a, a meat grinder, as they've described it, where there's two guys holding on to the lights and praying to God everything works... Maybe this altruistic, live and let live, calmer, less wrathful, vengeful Michael is something that heaven and the world at this point needs. So I, I I can buy into that, and truthfully, that was the most entertaining part of the episode. And watching this interaction and watching those two, one person have that moment was phenomenal. All of that stuff, once again, it might be one of those like dabs done before. Once again, it can work. It's just how we kind of got there was a little bit muddied along the way because there's one big bump in the road as to getting to this point, which should have been more screen time overall with Michael, was that we had to take a detour route through hell with learning very, very little. Um Now, the fan moment, of course, is the return of Rowena as Queen of Hell, which you guys, I wasn't on that episode, but you guys fucking called it Mm -hmm. Rowena, the queen makes all the sense in the world. Something that we have talked about and would have loved to seen later, because honestly, here it was a little bit disappointing. We all knew this was going to happen. There's no way that you couldn't have the most powerful witch in all of existence Who's related, bloodline wise, to the previous king of hell? Who is not ever about to take shit from anybody? Go to hell, and not shake up the un, you know, unclaimed throne formula just a little bit. There was no way that wasn't going to happen. But what it did happen was entirely too soon. It has been a couple of fucking weeks since the rupture episode. About a month. So, maybe 10 years in hell time, give or take, but to show us that was a little bit too soon. And truthfully, it did not work where it was placed in this episode because it was just a stopgap. And much like the demon tablet and Donatello f- taking time to get us to Michael, it was a roundabout way to get somewhere we already knew where we were going. Well, the thing that Mike mentioned
0: earlier is one of the best things about the first three episodes was the fact that Rowena was her death. It was one of the most impactful things. It was one of the things that pushed Sam in the direction that he's going. And now you've essentially taken it away because she didn't just die. She died and now she's living her, like, living the best life in, <laughs> in hell. Like, she literally her is. Best life. Yeah, true. She, she is. I mean, she, she is the queen of hell. And I I'm okay with her being the queen of hell but I yeah. think it's too soon. It should have been something that we saw in one of the last episodes
3: and and left us kind of wondering, you know? I agree with you, Ryan. Ima- imagine if let's say they're about to lose episode 1617. Everything's mm-hmm. about to go south for them and then she reveals herself as Damn. the queen of hell and she saves the day. That would be such
2: a Very sweet moment. moment too.
3: Such a sweet moment. But then we find out that what, everything you just said Ryan and it just it undermines the saving grace the of the of first death. three episodes yep. and the significance of her death
2: mm-hmm. in one fell swoop
3: and you did this all in under four episodes you yep. destroyed what you're undermining your own episodes never you used to just undermine Kripke <laughs> now and like undermine Gamble and undermine so Carver meta. it's Dab fucking Dab now Dab is undermining I'm his myself own myself episodes
0: <laughs> What if dab's not on my dab side?
2: <laughs> what, like, if, what if I'm you, not on my own side? You literally said, who else can I fuck? I know. I haven't fucked myself over yet. Yeah. No one will see that coming. Like, Except for me, because I just... Oh, it. shit. Or will I? This is super meta. I'm S- so meta. Like, that That did... It just didn't work, frankly. Because, again, not only does it do that to hold the whole, not only the, the mid-season finale, sorry, mid-season premiere finale part three, did it undo that? But the whole grieving process that Sam's going through in golden time is a f- in the wind because who them. gives a shit? She's fine, dude. I, I, she even hey, says, oh, Sam don't worry about Dean, it. What the fuck? Postcard from hell. Really hot down here. But boy, am I loving it. Miss you all. See you at Christmas. Like... Uh, there's no weight to I did get a anymore. boner when she said she likes flesh-to-flesh to sex, though. Death, which had me asking all kinds of questions, and then what? fan fiction, the internet fucking exploded when I you mean, can I mean, questions? I mean, she likes flesh-to-flesh flesh sex. What is non-flesh-to-flesh sex? Like, maybe... Uh, well, have, you ever uh, did, seen spirits
0: have you ever seen Demolition Man?
2: No, hmm. actually. Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: Mike, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes.
2: Okay. Is it like Avatar, where you put your braids together and just pretty like, much. oh, brain sex? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but that was the thing, is that... Not only does it it undermine her sacrifice, but the whole Sam grieving process and becoming the next witch master of the men of letters, essentially. I, I don't understand. It doesn't fit. I, I don't understand. And on understand. top of that. I don't understand. Well, and then it just had, like, dumb idiots. Why idiot. do you do Like, this is writing. This is basic writing. This well, is dude, basic writing don'ts. Dumb idiot statements. Like, we. but you're supposed to be dead. Like, dude, where the fuck do you think she went? She, she is dead. He, are you really saying this right now?
3: The, I'm focusing on the 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 way it's the f- uh-huh. <laughs> I, you the have formatting. him call out. And, see, that's why there's, there's d- dead
2: characters' death <laughs> while they're in <sighs> hell. Everyone's dead. You dumbass. I'm are, sorry, but Jesus, they are, they're in hell. Jesus, Chuck, fucking well, Christ.
3: <laughs> he probably was confused because for some reason she looks the same when she needs a vessel, right? To be I don't a fucking
2: magic, man. So she, she put her body back
3: together. Sex like, magic. Like to flesh on flesh together.
2: sex magic. Uh, yeah, put that I, on a t-shirt.
3: It's just, <laughs> it, I. this is where I get annoyed. Yeah. Because I can forgive uh, pitfalls, you know, little mistakes here and there. I can forgive inconsistencies from like, let's say they forgot something like seven years ago. Ah, like, you know what? You're season, you're on fire right now. This show is so fucking on point yeah. that I wouldn't even think about sure. it. You could gloss over stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then they make weird elementary mistakes yeah that they should know this is why i said i think i said this earlier in the season it feels like they're all writing their own thing yep and they're not paying attention to what the other previous writers had written it's like you write this you write this all at the same time nobody (laughs) will cheat (laughs) (laughs) nobody look at the other person's paper it's it's fucking bizarre yeah it well, doesn't make sense. And then, yes, and then they dumb down our heroes. They dumbed down Dean and have him say something like...
2: I don't remember if it was Sam or Dean. It's like, we thought you died or you were supposed to be dead. It's like, yeah. Where yeah. else would she have ended up? Yeah. Like the fact that they felt the need to explain that she died and her soul went to hell, surprise or shock, as she said, yeah, no fucking shit. Like that bothered me more than it probably should have. But it was also because we know that this entire trip is is not necessary because Belphegor told Dean yeah cage is open Michael probably left you could be fucked and now here they are going to the cage for some other nameless guy demon to tell him Michael's not in the cage well thanks for stopping by Sam and Dean and Cass
3: it's what I said Thomas it feels like they think they have 30 plus episodes to write the season and let's fill some time you don't have 30 plus episodes. You have a handful. And yet you're restating, reiterating, reframing things that you've already said two episodes ago, three episodes ago, four episodes ago. Let's move past this.
2: Yeah. Well, especially because we, we knew Michael wasn't there. We didn't need we to go all down. We knew that. We, I looked it up the second they said it because I'm like, don't you already fucking know this, Dean? because i remember belfagor saying it it was the only reason why belfagor was was relevant in fact you know what
3: it's let's literally be, the only reason let's be honest belfagor's not going to come back i think no. we were begging and pleading he's that done. that those characters yeah, he's, would he's, mean he's, something yeah, yeah. but guess what belfagor would have meant something a little bit if he's the one if they would have said at in this episode we need to find michael well you know belfagor mentioned that he's probably out of the cage
2: Oh that, shit, that let's would have Donatello have, not waste time with the tablet and just tell us if you feel a Jesus moment somewhere out in the universe. Yes,
3: that would have fixed the Save issue 20 of Belfagor being simply a plot device that didn't go, it was a device that moved nothing forward for those three episodes. It did nothing, but that would have brought a little hey, bit here's of relevance.
2: Hey, here's a car with bricks instead of wheels. What is that for? It, nothing. <laughs> you just have it now. It would have brought some relevance <laughs> to that Thanks. character. What am I going to fucking do with this now? Nothing.
3: In order for something like that to be done, these writers have to care. <laughs> and and Thomas, it do-
2: yeah, it doesn't seem like they care anymore. No. And that's what's the most frustrating thing because like you said, the idea of, oh, we're fucked and then Rowena, Queen of Hell, who we didn't know was Queen of Hell, shows up and saves the day last minute, much like Crowley's done before, would have been... Fucking epic. And instead, she's a temporary stopgap for them to learn something they already knew multiple times over. Now, ultimately, I would say, trying to play devil's advocate, the main reason or the main thing she did serve mm-hmm. was, as I said, a, a marriage counselor for Dean and Castiel in one statement in which. Apparently, you keep whiskey somewhere else in hell.
3: Well, and you Sam know, had to go. In off hell, stage. they have a wet bar. A go, oh, oh yeah, is yeah. that it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a it's a special hell. wet bar it's around the corner.
2: Yeah, past the shrieking agonies on your left. Yeah. Correct. Right before the bathroom. Yeah, right before servers.
3: <laughs> and why does Sam look confused every every moment? This I, season? Don't. I don't know. Dude. He is he is that his new like? Acting maneuver, let's look confused. Uh, yeah, no, let me uh, let me get that. Every
2: time someone like talks Jeff to him, Goldblum. he looks, What happened to Jared? What happened to him? I don't know. <laughs> like, the guy's a great actor, but for some reason, maybe getting arrested shook his confidence.
3: That was Aww. they, the, the, the shoot, these episodes were shown before. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs>
2: no, I just feel like
3: even his performances are kind of like all the same. His, his, his now go to look is confusion, Ooh, sheepish, sheepish confusion. That's what I hear. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm
2: doing. Sorry, and he even does that little breath too. He does that. Yeah, he's almost out of breath. I, I don't. I'm confused. That like scoff laugh. Anyway, so this was for Rowena to tell Dean and Castiel, "Hey, life's short. You should fuck more often. Don't let mm. this get you down." Which is appreciated, but at the same time, I couldn't help but feel like it uh, once again was unnecessary because you have Sam and. Castiel, two people who, one human, one angel, who are stuck together in a circumstance where the greater problem should be the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and they should learn that they only have each other, much like a certain guest star, Adam and Michael, directly fucking parallel. And as we've said previously, supporting characters should show up to help support the main characters and what they're going through. Michael and and Adam were a perfect stand-in for Cass and Dean to just get over it because they had no one else. They only have each other. Against God, you only have each other. The person who's got your back in the heat of battle. And that's Castiel. And for Castiel, that's Dean in more ways than one. And for that not to have been played out with Michael and Adam, but instead played with Rowena as a, you know, there was things I wish I could tell Fergus moment wasn't exactly necessary and didn't really add much because that we had other characters on the bench that could have done this that felt really odd to me to do that in the first place and that's the thing is where like you said earlier mike it it's dab undermining himself because he has his writer's not know what's going on. He doesn't want them cheating week week off each week. other. Don't cheat off each other. He wrote the premiere. Eugenie Ross, Lemming, and Brad Buckner wrote the next episode, and then this one. Hey, Dab, and yet, it's none not of them—it's
3: not cheating, Dab. It's called collaboration. Teamwork. No, it's cheating. Nobody look at other people's work. It—it it just you could have don't removed. Come see me at the class and bring me some food.
2: Especially because they don't show us how to get there, or or how they got out. Yeah. Like like there was no challenge in or out of hell. It just could have completely been skipped and we would have done nothing and would have given us about five to ten more pages yeah. of, of, of Michael and Adam screen time. Yeah. If you don't need it, you remove it. That's a, a basic tenement of screenwriting.
3: Yeah, how many times have we said that? On Every the week God, lately? Just, that's one of the first things you learn. It's what you get marked off for first. Once your script is complete... You, the first thing they say is when you do your rewrite, circle everything that you think doesn't need to be there. Circle it. What does this do? It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Remove it. You don't need it. And that's essentially if you I'm telling you right now, if we were to do a director's cut, uh, if we were to do a crossroads cut Ooh. of the episode and remove the entire Rowena bit. You would not miss anything at all in this episode. The episode would still flow it would still function. and it would still convey you, the You literally could. Same thing. You
2: could have them talk about the Donatello bit and that Michael, they need Michael. Just skip some of that. Show Michael and Adam in the restaurant. Kill Lilith, which was a shame in itself. He'll bring her back. And then just have Castiel pray. You just cut to that point and then he meets him in the that... That bunker place they were at.
3: What a missed opportunity to really let Misha Collins shine in this last season as Castiel. Like that prayer was good. That was. It should have been longer. It should have been heartfelt. There should have been some tears. The man who once was king that's exactly what I was thinking. That's how that should have felt do away with the fan service enough with eileen
2: and rowena i love them both they're great get rid of them though they're not needed we it's need to, the we- final season let sam dean and Cass be the fucking main characters and this
3: is what the season's turning into though it's turning into fan service that's not what we wanted dad for the final season i know in your little tiny pea brain <laughs> you think that fan service <laughs> equals well, it's in the name fan service no that's like ha- said, it's it. hack service <laughs> OK, it's hack service because you can't write a story. So you fill it up with things that you think fans want to see. And the only people that want to see Eileen and Rowena on repeat and every other former gr- greatest hits character are is a very small percentage of the fandom who doesn't really think past anything else other than what they want to see on screen when it comes to their favorite people. Uh, most of us, we're an intelligent bunch of viewers for the most part. We want to see good story. A good story trumps anything else. And you're not focusing on the things you should be focusing on for your final season. You're focusing on how many times you can get applause on social media because you have Eileen, Rowena, and I'm sure the next episode, Purgatory, is going to
2: be a fucking fuck fest. Benny and Dick Roman right there inside each other. Like, I don't Uh. mind having. I mean, like possessed. I
3: I don't Uh. mind having these characters come back. But they have to have a purpose. Like Adam. And that's a thing. Adam was bringing Jake Abel Abel back made perfect sense for the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Perfect sense. Where's Jodie at this entire show? (sighs) Jodie is one of the most relevant characters in Supernatural. One of our most relevant guest stars. Where the fuck is she at?
0: She's supposed to be, you know, um, off being wayward. Here's the other thing, too. There's other characters. Wayward as fuck.
2: Yeah. There's other characters like Jodie, Donna, Claire, Taya who have lingering storyline that needs to be wrapped up. And yet we bring back Eileen and I, I I don't want to hate on the actress, but it doesn't feel like it's fitting right now because there's other things that need to be addressed. And listen, like
3: I said, I'm okay with the Eileen thing as long as it pans out and it pays off later. Absolutely. But it, it just feels like we're wasting time. We wasted an episode to bring her back. We wasted, you know, 15 minutes for Rowena Uh, to do
2: something that we didn't need to do at least not now it could have had a major payoff later so guys if you want to hear us discuss the previous episodes way back to season one make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash digital where you guys can get more crossroads with the crossroads video cast here there we do a complete retrospective review of previous episodes. We're about partway through season two right now. If you pledge $10 a month, you'll gain access to those videos, all the backlog of that, as well as thousands of hours of additional reviews. <laughs> additional reviews, discussions, breakdowns, all the other stuff below that $10 tier comes with it. So make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. You could register for that, like Dean and Castiel need to do for their soon-to-be wedding.
0: Yeah, their soon-to-be uh, counseling.
2: Well, that's the thing is that Rowena's moment of talking to them and saying, "Hey, bitch more fuck or bitch less fuck more," kind of attitude. Right. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, but again, I do think Michael could have been a better moment for that, especially because he sets them up into what sh- into what will no doubt be their romantic getaway to the place they first fell in love, which is purgatory. And the idea that <laughs> that's what it is, dude, going back. That's exactly what you don't know. I know. I'm laughing. We were alone on a mountain you, for weeks. I'm laughing
3: and... because I think if it, I was looking to see if, it, if I put that in the show notes, because <laughs> I did put it in the show notes and I deleted it. That's I, in my separate notes. I, I put that exact, not word for word, but I essentially allude to the same idea. They're going back to the first place where their love blossomed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a supernatural back mountain. <laughs>
3: purgatory.
2: <laughs> the purgatory edition. Yeah. Can't oh, wait to man. see them enter each other. No, but that that is is a a setup. I do like it. I do like. It I mixed. I will tell you why I like it
3: because whether you're a, whether you see it as. This is where their friendship really solidified, mm-hmm. or this is where their love solidified. Whatever side of the camp you're on, right, Destiel or just two bros loving each other. Um, it's fitting, no matter how you look at it. This is arguably where their friendship Took blossomed. A turn. Yes, they were alone in purgatory. And then, of course, Benny was there. So, for them to camera. return, so stupid, for them to return to purgatory right after Rowena had that little conversation with them, I feel like it will do the trick to help them remember what they had to do to survive in purgatory. Well, so. Uh, and how they relied on each other and how that mattered more than anything else their friendship, their loyalty. So, if that's what they're going to do in purgatory. I I like it. It makes sense. It works for me.
2: I agree with you in that I want I think it's a good idea. I think going back to, you know, the old place where they first proposed to one another does work. I think purgatory in that way. And then Benny, that little home wrecker. Dude, what oh. a slut. Anyway. God, what a home wrecking bitch. <laughs> I think that is a good idea. I do. And I think that if they go back to that and relive some of that camaraderie that brothers in arms moments that will help them get over this bullshit beef yeah at the same time I think it's I I think it's a good setup but I need there to be a actual conversation like some of the older episodes had moments where you were just like in the scene and that's the things that I feel like sometimes we're rushing through scenes so quickly that our explanations are barely a sentence if that they're making just it like, we're good right yeah sure i love you okay bye as they're like walking out the door i want there to be an emotional scene akin to what dean had with mary in the end of season 12
3: or Chuck where it's,
2: had with dean or Chuck 11. had with dean in 11 like a whole fucking moment or or even lebanon with dean or with john and sam yeah yeah a whole scene where dean and Cass have it out where the pain of of always being a failure and letting him down and, and and fucking things up for years on Castiel's behalf and Dean losing Mary to essentially his best friend's f- mistake, like I want to have that moment where you punch me in the heart. I don't want this to be a we fought we're good right yeah we're good kind of macho esque don't worry about it version of recompense. Mm-hmm. I need this upcoming thing. Whatever it is, however it turns out to to be to be fucking good, and that's where what I get concerned by now, because we even the the way in which we got here, and that's the thing is I love the idea it's how we got here that again, I feel like was kind of dabbed there's a dab mm-hmm. of shit all over it because just the dab <laughs> because I remember. Back when things used to be well thought out and and planned like it wasn't just that Lucifer was going to ask fuck the planet arbitrarily don't worry about it I did it off screen. But he had the Croatoan virus and demons working for him and all this stuff playing into it. It wasn't just that they found a spell in someone's sweatiest ass crack. It was that you needed the four rings of the apocalypse horseman or the horseman of the apocalypse in order to open the gate. Purgatory was not something that you could just fucking walk through and here, well, with a snap of yeah. his fingers while still handcuffed. A snap of his fingers, Michael rips a hole through reality, the exact same way Jack did, with the exact same animation. Yeah, in the thing that took them forever to jump through in season thirteen, that had all these these issues of how do we open an entire season of how do we open a door well, to another dimension. I think the idea is that Michael is powerful. I and think I that's I understand what they're trying to convey. That, but that made it such a fast and loose with the laws of logic here when Raphael who may not be as powerful as Michael was looking high from high and low for a way into purgatory if you knew that Michael could just snap his fingers I can't believe it was that hard in season 6 so that just bothered me fundamentally because not only did we have that but we had him just oh yeah here's a spell to bind God in a prison and it's just ingredients and there used to be a reason behind things, even if it like it used to be called world building when John Winchester said the famous cult line that there was a Haley's Comet was overhead the night all those men at the Alamo died. He made a gun, a, a special gun. And listen, that's
3: all I fucking need. And, and, and that doesn't that literally means nothing. What he said it means, jack like shit. It means nothing, but it adds more oomph to it.
2: I have a time and I have a I have a time period, eighteen thirty-five, when Haley's Comet was overhead, a little bit of a mysticism there, and a night something horrible happened. Fair enough. That gives me a gun that can kill anything. Sure. Magic.
3: If that's my that's one what? of my issues with this spell thing here. The spell that can bind God, right? Okay, so I'm okay with a spell. A spell does everything in the world of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. But them just stating it and then Michael writes it on a on a paper, like a piece of paper, like it's a grocery list. It just feels very easy. <laughs> like and, your grocery list. And, and right. over I, I, and, th- and very over. Pick up milk. It's too simplified. But it, as you said, Thomas, if they had simply had some explanation, as simple as John Winchester's explanation of the cult, it takes five seconds to write and you would be like, oh, that's why the binding works for God. That makes sense. Mm. There's well, just they I just mean, we, they just say things to say it thinking that will explain. That's it. good enough. That's Not explaining. That's just saying it. We're
0: we're not sitting here thinking this is actually going to work. Right. What the like binding is binding.
3: Well, I'm assuming this is the prison. Well, right? here's the this thing. Is the last
2: pl- year, we thought the spear was going to do a whole fucking lot of good. And then that got snapped over Michael's knee with a sickening. It's too crack. too early. It's
0: it's too early for them to come up with a, a thing that's going to work. Oh no! So th- yeah. this is going to fail. And the, the reason that they're the, it's literally called a Leviathan Blossom is because we know we're going to purgatory, and we know we're going to get Dick Roman or someone who's there. Benny. Well, and see and here's ben, the thing: Benny. it's yeah. going
2: to be Benny. So here's the thing: it's it's again one of those. This needs to serve a greater purpose. If you have this, because it's going to set something up that will actually result in the binding of God, but it's far more involved. It's just than we thought. Like the horseman rings yeah. and it takes place over the season. Fair enough. That's what they were trying to do in season 13 until the last 10 episodes when they just crapped out three of the pieces back to back to back. If you are doing it in a well-paced way, this can work. The problem is, like you said, Mike, they're just doing things. They're just saying things and not worrying about explaining explaining it. They're just saying things and not worrying about the logic behind it. Because in season 11, now admittedly, it's Chuck possibly lying to us. But Lucifer had no reason to lie to us at that point. And in season 11, he says, you can't just take down the darkness. It took all of the hosts of heaven and Michael and the Archangels and everyone's massive bazooka cannons and a shitload of luck and six Viagra to take out (laughs) Amara. And now I'm led to believe that the same power level and yin and yang balance that is God, even in a weakened state can just be taken out with, as you said, Mike, a grocery list of things to pick up which they didn't even have to go find. They had all three of those elements except the loaded, the Leviathan blossom. And I do feel like this is less of a season long arc long reason as to how we're getting here. And more of a reason to stop by purgatory for one less how yeah. you do in hand job from Benny.
3: And, and this goes right back to what they're not picking their. You need to pick your battles. Yeah. And if they would have introduced this idea, let's say two or three episodes ago. When
2: hell was all ripped open and they needed some way to bind things. Hey, guys,
3: let's bind. Guys. They should have thought about that from a, a long time ago. If Amara is the equal but the opposite of Chuck, right? Right. Wouldn't logic dictate that, okay, well, we could do the exact same thing. They should have came up with this plan a Day long one. time ago. End of Moira. That should have been episode four. If not episode one. Hey, let's take the war to Chuck. Let's find out how we can lock God in the same cage he put Amara. Exactly. Well, who can help us do that? Well, Michael is the one who helped God lock away Amara. So let's find Michael. Belphegor just told us that the cage is open. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Let the season from episode one. four on, or one, if, let's you, go want, with if one. you want to. Okay, one, should have been about finding Michael so they can. Figure out the spell to lock
2: God away, which they already knew about, because and that, that's the what is,
3: they're doing anyways. That's essentially what they're working towards. But they've just they've taken picked, they put eight all of this, They put all this filler in yeah. to get to there when they didn't need none of that. It's just it's bizarre the decisions yeah. they're making. They're not. They're going from A. they're not going from a to b in a straight line b is over here to the left walking around
2: yeah and take let's have a rest stop over here and burn an episode don't we all love that dean and aka jensen does a has a band let's take an episode for that over here you'll find some witches no one really gives a shit about (laughs) on our way we'll meet catch and jack the ripper it's not relevant neither of them will matter at the end Here's Ardot and Belphegor. They too are irrelevant. Fucking move. Yeah, it's just it's, very, move. it's very strange
3: to me. I, I don't understand I don't what, get. It. I don't understand what they're doing because I understand what they're trying to do, because but again, they're going about it just in a way that... again, all, I don't have this a problem work. with the story, but I'm not the writer of your show. You write your story. But I am going to pinpoint and highlight when you are telling a story, in a certain way, that makes no sense. You're filling it up with things that don't matter. You could have told the exact same story in four episodes, and we could have covered more ground and had more substance behind everything. Yeah, I don't. And I think that's the thing is, it. I'm going to keep saying it. I don't <laughs> get it. That's I'm going to put I'm going to record this. That
2: should be this. And it's this just going to be a drop. That's the theme, of the theme of the season. I don't, <laughs> I don't, get, don't it. get it. That's the thing is that that's that's Dab's current run because he, he do get it. <laughs> these ideas can work, but you're not having your writers work with each other to know what's happening week to week. You don't have time to fuck around. And yet it feels like we're doing both of those things because the ideas are there. They're just taking way too long to get somewhere.
3: And, you know, if there's people out there listening, you know, on demand and they get mad at us, like you guys are being negative. You know, like, just fuck off because this is the final season. And I've said it. I've said it. I've been patient. I've been the dutiful son, audience, watcher, viewer, supernatural fan. This is the final season. My patience is up. Yeah, my patience is up.
2: Like get your shit together? Michael, you've been betrayed.
3: You're done. Get your shit together. Yeah. You're you're me. And I will watch this show to the end, and I'm gonna be honest with my opinions, because me being the cheerleader throughout all of Dab's run is what I have been. Yes. You know I've been. Yes, you have. I have been the cheerleader. You've talked me off the ledge many times. (laughs) Every episode, pretty (laughs) much. It's pretty much. And now there's no one to talk me off the ledge because the three of us are about to do Thelma and Louise. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Well, hey, what does that make me? Because, the car. because I oh, okay. want this show to be great because it has been great. It, has, so we, it was great for 11 years. It was a B plus for two years after that. And then just C minuses since season 13.
0: Are we going to get half season say 14. make Supernatural great again? Yes. <laughs> I feel like we need to do that. It,
3: and And I just I feel like a bad fan right now. But it's just like, no, no. You are treating us bad. I'm going to be an entitled fan right now. The writers are treating us like we fucking don't matter because they are not handling the final season how they should with respect. They're just they're just not. You can like back into your little corner and you can, you know, put the blinders on and say I support Jared and Jensen. That's great. We're not Jared and Jensen. We support them as well. But supporting them does not mean we can't call out the writers on their bullshit. Because I, I'm telling you now, they're never going to admit it. But Jared and Jensen have read these scripts and they're just like, fuck. They won't admit that, but I, I guarantee you Jensen right. and Jared are highly intelligent, but they're not writers. An intelligent person can pick up that script and say, fuck. What is wrong with this writing? But they're not writers. They're actors on the show. Why do you think Mark Shepard left? Because he knew the
2: writing was getting bad.
3: He already said that. He said it publicly why he left.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing, dude. I've I've heard this once before from a critic I respect a lot. The worst thing you can do for an artist is tell them their work is good when it isn't. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with the writing on this. It's time to call out the shit. We're still going to watch it. We're still fans. But that doesn't mean that we're going to just let the writers not respect the fandom or the show after 15 years. Yeah. And just fart out the last bit. We're speaking for
3: the fans for the
2: most part. We're, we're going to be we're going to defend you
3: because the writers aren't going to defend you. Dab isn't going to defend you. We're going to defend you. Yep. We're, we're the most listened to Supernatural podcast out there. And I know what we say hits the writing room. I know for a fact. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck. I hope they hear it. And they... Someone needs and to. And they know,
1: wow, we aren't
3: living in a convention where everyone blows us. Mm-hmm. Just because people blow you at a Supernatural convention doesn't mean your writing's good. It means we love the actors. Yeah. And we will always the support universe. them. And we love Supernatural as, as the show. Uh, but the writers... If they can't get their shit together, why do they deserve any of our respect?
2: I don't think they're they do. They're literally
3: honey. pissing in the wind,
2: and we're getting hit with the downturn.
3: Yep. Well, they're riding They're riding with the piss that's oh. being blown. Okay. Oh, wow. Pee yeah.
2: writing. So stupid. like peeing in the snow.
3: And I, and I sound very negative right now, I know. And people may say this episode wasn't that bad. And you're right. The episode wasn't that bad. But how many times can we say it wasn't that bad? And we're finally going to be at episode 20. Are we still going to say it wasn't that bad? Oh, we're going to keep saying it wasn't that bad until the show's over? Until and then, the last and then, episode. And then we'll, what are we going to say?
2: Where's the line? What
3: are we going to say at episode 20? Oh, well, you, you, you took a lot of that wasn't that
2: bad. And
3: completed the show.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing that when I look at how this episode even ends, it, it does feel a little bit lackluster. I mean, while Sam and Dean are hunting for Michael completely unnecessarily, we have Chuck essentially catfishing Eileen with a character we've never before seen, know, have any reason to trust give a shit about saying hey come on and help. It's just a strange this, way to end the mid-season it's a, finale. It's a weird way to end it because yeah. there was no need for Chuck to do that. Yeah. And why this is where I'm saying I'm just going to bleed this into final thoughts. This is where I feel like Dab and the crew are only writing episode to episode, week to week, looking straight at their feet, not realizing they're walking right towards a cliff. Because why not have Jody be the one who was in trouble. And then Chuck pretended to be Jody. That would have been something that we all as fans would have been like, holy fuck. Why have a random nameless character say, Eileen, I thought you were dead three years ago. I'm just hearing about it now. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why not have Dean's friend who we met last week, hang out and betray them here. Even rather than just die in the same episode he's introduced. Why not have these Belphegor Ardat leading into Michael things play into something? There's no building a season structure. There's just writing week to week and and falling into the next event. It's a series of unfortunate events. It's not a, a structured season. And for me, a series
3: of, of, of unfortunate, unfortunate events, events
2: led by Lemony Dumb Shit. <laughs> lemony Dumb Shit. And when I look at this episode, the the stuff that we're trying to ultimately get to that Michael's going to turn on God because he realizes he's not even the first or not even the only Michael and Castiel and Dean have to kind of work out their marital issues through purgatory. And Chuck is up to some shit and he's, he's talking to Sam and trying to twist things as he always, I'm sure does can all work, but how we got there doesn't fit. We, we, Dab and the crew are not maintaining a consistent tone, a consistent narrative throughout their season. We're just taking way too long to get to places. And what felt like. I just don't think they care, Thomas.
3: They don't.
0: They don't give a flying fuck. I
3: think Dab was filling out his resume while he was figuring out this story this year. No, and I'm being serious. I Uh, know. I, 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 again, know firsthand, not with this writing room, but when a show's on its final season, the writers are checked out. They're usually trying to brush up other scripts so they can get other jobs, and I was hoping that wasn't going to happen with this show. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have happened if they would have fired Dab and brought a showrunner on Who's just light some fire just, under just to them. finish the final season. In fact, what I would have done if I was the unfortunately they're all one brain now, Robert Singer and Dab. But what I would have if I was Jensen and Jared, I would have used my power and said hey let's not end the season next year this is season 14 let's say okay mm-hmm. let's not end the show next year let's get some new writers we'll keep the strong ones because there are a lot of strong writers you know you know what let's keep all the writers They'll keep them yeah keep cause the writers are good let's keep all the writers let's get rid of the showrunner let's get rid of robert singer who is just dead weight
2: promote barons
3: Promote Barron's to executive producer, the executive producer, or showrunner, and then have one of the other top guys, Davey or Steve, work with Barron's, maybe co-showrunners, who knows, and then say, hey, this is what we need to do, and let's go two more years, and let's give Barron's and his team a A chance chance. to fix the show. Then we end with season 16. Mm Mm-hmm. They should have fired Dab. And when you hire someone to fix a show, and then end it, they're not checked out. No, because they have a job. To they do. have a job to do. And they know why they were hired to fix it, to fix it and end, and end it. it. But when you end a show with the same team, they're typically they they tune out, at least the leadership. I think the individual writers care because they know that everything they write right now is being watched by potential other showrunners that may want to bring them onto their show. But the showrunner himself is fuck it. Typically that's what happens.
2: It's hard to, it's hard to argue with that. Um, So for me, I I think I got to, I'll give this one a 63 it's kind of right in the middle of its an episode and that's not what i want to say for the final mid season finale i
3: think that's when what it boils
2: these, down to right when i look at season 11 and and we had lucifer comes back from the cage and he's talking to sam and he escapes with with castiel's body and like all all that cliffhangery shit that we used to have i feel like we just took eight episodes to get somewhere that we all thought we would have been at with the premiere episode we all knew about the weaknesses of chuck we all knew about how to lock away amara we all knew about michael being free from the first episode and it it took so long to get where we already were i'm not on the edge of my seat like i was even last year season 14 again written by barons i'm pretty damn sure yeah Ends with the Thanos-esque snap of Michael as he unleashes all the monsters on this downtown city, which never meant anything. And I was excited for the next scene. I was like, oh, fuck, they just ended it right there. Michael's taking over Dean again. And here it's just, oh, Chuck's going to have a conversation with them. Okay. And when I'm, when I'm lukewarm, that's a problem. So for me, at 63 it's an episode.
0: I'm, I'm only going two points higher than you, uh, Thomas. I was going to give it a 65. Um, and, and here's and here's the th- the reason that really gets me, and it actually makes me laugh that I gave it a 65, is that I've always, in the last you know couple seasons, I've been really against, you know, um, bringing, uh, their brother back, like bringing him back in general, just because I thought you know okay, Adam is locked in the cage and he's in the cage. Like, and I know that eventually we had to, we had to touch that subject. And I think they did a really good job of doing something completely opposite than what I would have expected. Um, I, you know, I, I thought we would get him come back and it would just be this bitter guy who, you know, was upset. And you've got Michael, 12 and like, yeah, years in Azkaban. Exactly, <laughs> dude. We would have gotten that. And we didn't, we actually got a really cool portrayal. Of someone who had pretty much come to, you know, terms with what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually really like that. I think that was the best part of this episode. The Eileen stuff makes me roll my eyes. I, I'm sorry. I know that people love her. And I think earlier when we, she first showed up, we loved her. We thought she was a great character. But I think they've just written her into being an absolute nuisance and making me cringe every time I see her and Sam on screen together. I'm sorry, but that's just, that doesn't do it for me. I don't think that is anywhere near, uh, what, you know, that relationship should be. And honestly, I mean, I know that we're looking at the end of the season or series and we're looking at the end of like these characters and, you know, they want to have Sam have some kind of love interest, but I just, I'm not into that right now. You know your your season is completely staggering, and you, you want to throw a love interest in for Sam, and I'm sorry, I just have no interest in that. I would much prefer to see the the season ramped up and them actually do something that's worthwhile. Um, and we all know that I love Rowena, but again, I didn't want to see her come back yet. I think you devalued her her death by doing that. So as a 65, I think the Adam stuff and, and with Sam and Dean actually gave it bumped that score up, which who would have ever thought that I would give it a bumped up score because of that. But
1: um yeah, I, this is our last mid season finale and I'm sorry. I'm very underwhelmed. So.
3: Mike, what about you? Anything else to add? I, I have, Is there anything I can uh, add? Your percentage. I, um, it's 59% for me. Okay. The Jake Abel stuff it was great.
2: That's probably half my grade.
3: <laughs> <the> same I, <laughs> at yeah. this point.
1: It was just great, solid,
3: and Jake Abel just blew us away with his performance playing the two roles. Uh, also, again, I, I'm I know you weren't 100 percent about it, Thomas, but mm-hmm. I loved what they ended up doing with. Adam and Michael making them take the high road almost again, just making them a little more wise, you know, 1200 years can do that to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, when that does
2: help when you
3: sit and you think, so I, I like it making them empathetic or at least Adam opposed to vengeful and spiteful things that we've already seen before. I dig it and I'm hoping they take, they continue down that road with Adam and Michael. It works.
1: Having Castiel pray to Michael
3: was powerful. They should have cut Rowena's scenes mm-hmm. and focused on that. They should have cut Chuck catfishing Eileen. Yeah. And focus more on Castiel's prayer. They should have put everything into The Michael and Adam boat. They should have put everything on that. Everything on black. The entire episode should have been about that. Not fan
1: service. Should have been. Yeah.
3: So. Dab also said earlier on that. He said in interviews that death is going to matter this season. Do you remember that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He actually made it a point to gloat. Death is going to matter this season. Death is going to matter this season. And yet all we've seen is death not, not mattering. Matter. Kevin's back. Eileen's back. Rowena's back. I'm sure Jack's going to come back, which is fine. But that's another character that's going to come back.
1: When is death going to matter?
2: When a heart attack takes him? Oh, <laughs> no yeah
3: i I, I think Dab just likes to hear himself talk It's like yeah, do you
2: listen to what you're saying or are you just blathering honestly i,
3: I um am just disappointed in yeah. the first half of the season yep. and and i if this was any other if this wasn't the last season, I probably wouldn't be so harsh
2: right possibly
3: but, you know, I keep playing back what we're saying in other shows and other episode discussions for this season. And we keep saying, Oh, it's not that bad. But now we're at the mid season finale and we're saying, it's not that bad again. How many times can we say that
2: before it's
3: just not good?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not that bad. Eventually adds up to just not that good.
3: There's no, there's no latitude or leeway with me for this season. I'm not going to play. I'm not, I'm not going to play the cheerleader. I'm not going to play that part anymore. I'm going to play the part of the harsh critic because we need to end this show the way the show started. It
1: started with greatness. Yep. Let's end it with greatness. And if see Dab should have bowed out, he knows he mm-hmm. wasn't capable.
3: He should have bowed out and asked for assistance. I need help. That's what someone who cares would have done if he, because he knows he can't do it. He yeah. knows he's, he's, I know we make jokes. The guy is very aware that he's not doing a good job. Very aware. And if he respected us, he would have asked for assistance as I need someone to ghostwrite. I need someone to help me. Please but I help need a me. partner again. I, I need my legacy not to be remembered like this. I don't want this to be my legacy. And I don't want to disrespect everything Kripke, Gamble, and Carver did before. But he doesn't have that type of respect. He's not humble. He knows. This is his fourth year of doing the same thing. He knows he's not good.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the the painful bit is that we've had eight episodes. And I think we haven't learned anything since maybe the third or fourth truthfully there's so many questions with other characters that are still not resolved kaya being a huge one sticking out in my mind we haven't seen jack or billy or the cosmic entity since the mid since the season finale of season 14 he's undermining himself at this point and it's just gotten to a point where it's it feels lazy and i'm more anxious and scared than i am excited and i and i don't like that
3: and honestly Thomas I mean I'll we can talk about it later Mm -hmm. when we plan for the second half of the season but if we feel like we want to be good fans like here I am contradicting myself now because I want to be a good (laughs) fan but maybe we should focus only and talk about only the things that work otherwise every episode discussion is going to be like like this
2: this. maybe maybe
3: Maybe. And, and maybe we can we can have our last little bit you know final thoughts we share our our grade our percentage i'm like okay like we're still truthful with our percentage but only choose to talk about the things that work because i don't know if i want to be here every week doing this talking about this the doom and gloom i mean does anybody else want to no a little I, bit i'd be completely a honest. little
2: bit <laughs> oh, you actually like this. A little bit. He wants the honesty. Yes, yeah, I want the fucking honesty. A-
3: and I agree with and you that's about that. I am, it's just... I I just am, I'm not having a good
2: time. No, I completely agree. I completely understand where you're coming from. But I am tired of people acting like shit is okay. Like Mediocrity. Like mediocrity yeah. deserves notoriety. Whether that's through... Look at our world today, dude. This is getting way more real. That's alright. This is getting super this, meta. Our world... Thrives right now on C-minus chuckle-worthy average shit being praised like nothing else. While true artistic creativity endeavors and attempts where people bear their soul falls into obscurity and nothingness. While we all lose our shit over the latest Kardashian-esque Or baby Yoda. Or baby fucking Yoda. And I'm... Frustrated because if anybody's been a fan of this show for any amount of time, they know how much we all care about Supernatural. And to see somebody just not put in the effort four years in consistently and just be too prideful to say, I need fucking help. I I can't forgive that. Yeah. And so while I don't like coming in here being angry and and disappointed, more than anything, disappointed. I I almost want this. I just want the honesty. Almost. I don't want
3: to be a cheerleader for nonsense. Yeah. But I also don't want to have a negative show. Right. And that's why I'm saying maybe we just focus on the good stuff. And if our show if our show is only 45 minutes because of it, then so be it. It like for example tonight we could have just really talked really in depth about Adam and Michael. Yeah. And possibly purgatory and what it does to mend the relationship between Castiel and Dean. We could probably have a 45 minute, 60 minute discussion on that. And then we end the show.
2: Maybe I I, know we need the winter to think about it, but I also kind of feel like that could be just placating or further playing into, well, it's not that bad. I just can't wait to take the, a knee. I just you know? can't
3: wait for the season to end so we can start talking about good stuff because, yeah. <laughs> you know, once this show is over, we're going to continue. Once the season's over, we're going to continue doing crossroads, but we're going to be able to p- talk about topics and themes and characters that worked and that we loved. And pretty much every show is going to be positive because we're picking things that we loved that are great.
2: Yeah. We'll see. We've got 12 episodes left. Uh, january sixteenth. oh yeah we've 12 episodes right that's right yeah 12 episodes left january 16th through may something or other
3: and we got some video casts coming out this right. month as well before christmas time uh, soulless sam talking Ooh, about how great that was sam. we also have a discussion on episode our season two episode five simon said simon said yep simon said Uh, We have a 10 minutes at the crossroads as well as our preview discussion and a discussion all about Chuck and his villainy and how it could really work moving forward into the season. If we make a few minor tweaks and that'll be our 10 minutes at the crossroads bit. So we have a lot coming out and those are guaranteed to be positive.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that, that's going to do it here for Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story! Hey, ass butt.